Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gay Power Half Hour. Just the gayest damn 30 minutes on the internet. Is it? It is. Is it really? Look at this hair. Is it? I've seen... I am blown out. Some of these drag queen podcasts, you know? Super gay. So it's just really gay. Yeah. What makes our Leah, show gay? Leah, we don't have... Why are we so gay? RuPaul had Leah Remini. We can't get Leah Remini. So maybe... Uh, anyway. I bet we could. I'm your she's, host. She's the Scientology building's right down the street. I'm your host, Tony Soto, and I am with my good friend... Casey Lai. Casey Lai. Leah Remini's protesting the Scientology building nonstop right down the street. We could get her. We could you know what? Her if, if that's true, I would totally be like, hey, girl. She's I, a Scientologist. All we'd have to do is show up and be like, hey, we got this really cool thing that you can give us some money to do, and it's our podcast, but like, it'll like take you to another planet. I got a text like, message. All right, I'm in. I got a text message from a friend being like, because uh, I'm obsessed with that, with her show on A&E. Cults. I love cults. And so she was like, uh, my friend texted me. He's like, Leah's on RuPaul's podcast. And I was like, oh my God, tell me if it's good. Tell me if it's worth listening to. And he's like, no, it's just a bunch of Michelle and Leah uh, uh, licking each other's asses and RuPaul trying to be a philosopher. I'm not going to lie. That's basically what that, <laughs> that I don't want to talk too much yet, but like when they had Lisa Kudrow on, it was really good. But also Michelle T couldn't get her lips off of Lisa Kudrow's, if you know what I get. When I <laughs> <laughs> off her coup. <laughs> off her coup. Anyway. Well, they love it when they get really famous people. Who wouldn't? I, I'd be happy with that. Who wouldn't? Um, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, actually. Yeah. I'm the brokest I've ever been, not new, and it's dwindling fast. Uh, but there's so many things that might happen soon that I might be <laughs> fine. <laughs> Oh I could God. have a live show on a on a website. I could have a job working in a in a cute little farmers market grocery thing. I could have a job. Uh, I could keep making money from the clothing store lady, or all of that could be blown up in my face really soon. Oh yeah, I'm going for the latter. I think it's going to be the latter. Whatever. It's fun to fly by the seat of your pants. I know my fingers. When are, you're young and pretty, my fingers Ugh. are crossed so hard. See, and that's the thing. I don't have that anymore. I can't say I'm no. young. I can't say I'm young anymore. No, but look at your blonde, pretty hair now. I know. Yeah, they finally got there. Although I'm, you look like like a like Johnny Depp is having a crisis. <laughs> you look like, Wait, Johnny you Depp look has like had a lot of crises, so I'm like, lower, He's I'm, like, I gotta get me another young chick, and uh, and I hope she hasn't ever read the news. <laughs> I gotta dye my hair a little disguise, you know. Uh, I tell everyone, everyone's like, so uh, why did you do it? I'm like, I'm just trying to hold on to youth as long as I can, girl. You know what's actually really funny what? is now that I think about it, you know who had that exact same haircut recently? Who? Milo Yiannopoulos. Ah! <laughs> well, he's a role model. It is actually so true. M G. <laughs> now that I'm looking at you, I'm like, oh my god. Well, listen, the alt right needs a new faggot. I might just be that faggot. That's so funny. Isn't that interesting? That no. I'm so mad. Finally, he found their breaking point. You can be a Nazi. Yeah, you can, you can, you can hate women. You can say you have sex with black guys so you can make jokes about, about black fucking people. fucking black guys, yeah. Um, but you can't talk about having sex with children. You can't talk about it. You can't talk about Good. having sex as a child. You Good. Can't. <laughs> Although we've done that before. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, well, okay. So in what, a different in a different angle. What are your feelings? My feelings about my because like, he was in the news like he was at the top 
the top. Like he got interviewed by Bill Maher. For no, I, and this is what I love is that he thought his career was about to oh, take he a was whole ready. turn for the for the mainstream. He Milo, was so cocky on mainstream. that Bill Maher. Show. I hated that so much. I hated Bill it. Maher deserves. I hope Bill, the only way Bill Maher can backlash can redeem himself from that interview where he just sucked Milo's dick. For he 10 needs minutes. to suck a, uh, another gay guy's dick on. No, TV. he has to get up there and, and say, you know what? Sometimes I make a mistake, didn't realize he was a kid fucker, that he was advocating it, and I feel bad. Uh, and look, and I say, and, and, and that whole thing about saying it wasn't unreasonable to say, to think that trans people are predators. You know what? I got, I was just, I was riding a wave. Yeah. I made a mistake. He needs to apologize for me to actually yeah. come around. Cause I don't hate Bill, but I hate his bullshit. He won't do it though. No, he won't cause he's never wrong. No, he feels like he White, feels straight like, men. Yeah, never he feels wrong. like, I mean, he, he felt so emboldened during that 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 he during that interview that he called milo a fag like he was like he was like how could you liberals how could you be worried about this little fucking british fag which is to me extremely offensive because that's saying like like bill maher showed some true colors on that like he he uh he called milo a fag which just basically says that why would you be scared about us Ever. Yeah. And like, I'm what like, kind of threat Jeffrey do we pose? Yeah. Eaten you? He ate your dick. Fucking he ate dick. Fucked you. He stored dick. And then killed in you. In a goddamn In that order. That was how in he was. In that order. That's scary shit. Yeah. I wouldn't fuck with that gay man. Yeah. They killed him. They, they killed kill- him in prison. He was our Malcolm X. <laughs> he was. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. He put a little fear into you. <laughs> That's right. He put a little fear into you. We can be great. Well, listen, yeah. Hollywood put fear about oh, gays into everyone but, for years. We were always the villain, the gay villain. But that's the thing about Milo. James Adomian has a great joke about that, like well, about being like a gay villain in the movies. And oh, yeah. But that you know, the thing about Milo is, it's, then he was using his own childhood sexual abuse to justify it. And I was like, yeah, Queen, we know you're broken. We get that. Yeah, that's not a shock to any of us. But also, like. Like, you're not special because all, oh, you're going to be a, the monster. We all mon- fucked old men. Well, and <laughs> and all victims, you know, most monsters were victims, but not all victims turn into monsters. But, you know, here's my thing. I, I have to say. Um, and he's I, a monster. And I kind of, he's a monster. He's proved, but, he's proved it. But my, my, but my thing is, and like, as, as vulgar as the way he uh, was talking about the blowjobs with the old men and whatnot, um, I, I, here's the thing. I had sex with a lot of men who were way older than i was when i was a teenager right i do not feel like i was victimized okay uh in any way because gay people are on we are on our own we are on our own from the moment you realize who you are whatever situation you are in you immediately feel like you are on your fucking own no one is talking about sex with you no one is talking about the sex that interests you with you right you're not able to express yourself openly so i actively searched out and older men and because on top of that is not only is no one talking about you you're receiving information that you're bad and what your feelings are exactly wrong and shouldn't happen so we have a fucked up uh sense of what a sexual relationship is anyway we're watching our parents marriages fail you know we're like oh so the breeders aren't doing it right and you know what the thing is is like i had a real fucking good time sneaking into like porn shop arcades and being in parks and fucking getting laid and having someone tell me that how what i was feeling was normal now according to the law 
Did those people rape me? Probably so. Statutorily. Yes. But to me, as a young gay person who was lost and had no guidance, I looked at that as a mentorship. And that might be fucked up and that might be gross. But listen, society makes it that way because you keep us in the closet with how we want to feel sexually. And that's fucked up. If you don't want us to have sex with older men, teach us that we're okay. Yeah, teach us that we are valid people. And let us fuck kids our age. (laughs) Like, you can fuck kids your age and have pregnancy scares at 14. Absolutely. Like, and see, and I, but not, but, you know, to be honest, my parents were very much in denial. And so it was very easy for me to have kids my own age sleep over. You know who I you couldn't, are. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't lean into that until later. My parents were were not. I mean, I you know I was like making out with girls till I was t- nineteen. <laughs> Even after I came out, I swear I'm normal. I swear. But you know, here's what it comes down. It starts at home, folks. It starts home with the parents, and the, you have to start having an open dialogue about um, other sexual preferences and sexual identities. It's important yeah. because if you don't, then you then. You're going to tell us that we're not old enough to make decisions, but then you're not going to help guide us in a way to make a decision. Girl, I'm making my own fucking decision. I'm doing what I want. Well, and see, and that's a nuanced and balanced view of the entire thing. And I think that he took this whole like Nambla line of like the kids want it too sometimes. And the older guys are there to be, you know, it's a it's a it's a beneficial relationship. And it's like, how about we could like it? Like, which is, there's an argument in that, and that goes back to antiquity. I mean, that goes back to, like, the, the beginning of time of that yeah. argument, you know, Greeks and Romans, and further in, you know, the whole pederast movement. And it's, if you want that, if you don't agree with that, like, treat gay people like normal people yeah. in society, and then we can have normal and develop normal I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because, and what does fucking normal mean, even? But it's just like, yeah, we, because we're know. learning from our parents who uh, probably shouldn't have had children children to start with you know what i mean like it's like everything (laughs) my parent my i'm sure your parents parents are fine like (laughs) despite how i turned out they actually created two other really good ones (laughs) they sure did they created two they sure did let's let's give it up i on the prize they are great yeah Yeah. god damn it well hey it's because i blame society not my parents you got two you got two (laughs) the lies you got two anyway um but yeah anyway i I mean I, i just can't stress the importance enough that that you're going that 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 unless you're willing to normalize gay youth they're always going to be going to the grinder and on the grinder there's always going to be a man of a certain age that wants to fuck your kid oh dear so this is a a tough lead in (laughs) to our next segment so (laughs) (laughs) so just be fucking parents and stop making it weird is that okay. it? Yeah, Is no, that- I, 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 and things can change. And now change. on to our guest. <laughs> and, and things can change for the better. And in this day and age, there are ways to go about that. A lot of people are thinking it can't be through the electoral process anymore. Things have gotten so fucked people up. People don't you know vote. What? Good people are running for office all across this great nation. And luckily for her, we have her, <laughs> one of those people here today. Again, really tough lead in. She's a great sport. <laughs> Jessica Salins, everybody. Hi. Hi, Jessica. Oh, look at this. This seems like some weird bizarre. <laughs> Why? I just feel I like, like a child. It's like, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I'm having a great time so First far. First of all, I would like everyone to know that it is Jessica's 28th birthday today. Yay. Yay. 
Happy birthday, birthday Jessica. Is it really? It really is. Yeah. It actually really is. 28 years old, yeah. uh, running for city council yeah. here in Los Angeles. For the 13th district. Boom. Which encompasses what? Hollywood, Silver Lake, Echo Park, Atwater, right Glassell, uh, Glassell Park, uh, Koreatown, a little bit of Koreatown. Cool. Yeah. And you have lived in this district for a long time? I've been in LA for, it'll be four years in June, so it hasn't been that long. Cool. Now, and you're from the Bay Area. I'm from the Bay Area. Um, where in the Bay Area? Uh, Sunnyvale. It's south, 45 minutes south of San Francisco. It's on the bar. You know, do, do you know I just learned a lot from you guys, P.S., because I grew up in a really progressive household, and uh -huh. as a straight woman, like, I didn't even really have, like, the importance important talks that we needed to about sexuality so like my 20s were really about what you were saying like finding other people who are more experienced but also like realizing that like my needs aren't bad and that was growing up in the bay area which is very progressive and as a straight female um so i think it's clearly across the board we need like more empowerment sexist more we, we still have that puritan uh mm -hmm. ideal on sex totally. yeah. now and you come from a family of hippies right like <laughs> isn't your is it safe to say that your mother is like a holy Healer. She's a massage therapist, but she's like very spiritual. She's also like super grounded. Yeah. And, and your my dad, dad uh, something about a community garden. Is that a right? Community garden and a farm in cool. Sunnyvale. He also worked in the tech sector, so it's like the duality. Well, that's how you live in the Bay Area. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can farm anything. Everyone's a hippie, but you got to make a million dollars too. Um, right. <laughs> which is great. So wait, so so you came down. Here. Have you been in the political realm for a while, or you're no, just I've getting been a theater started? Artist. She's a theater nerd, a everybody. Theater nerd. Well, and so what um, was the catalyst for hopping into a race? Yeah, yeah, how'd you get how'd you get into politics, Queen? Um, Bernie Sanders. Oh, interesting. One of the older, I don't know if you can call Bernie a queen, but he's fabulous. <laughs> I was really actually quite depressed two years ago. Um, all the police shootings were coming out. Mm -hmm. It was the year anniversary of my, I'm getting real serious, guys. Good, Sorry. please, please. Uh, no, no, Michael no. Brown's uh, murder anniversary and the shooting at Amy Church that, that yep. summer. Um, and I was just like, what can we do? So I started creating theater around racial injustice and it didn't feel like enough. And I sort of spiraled down. And How then, was that received by the audiences? Oh, great. I mean, we specifically made it... Because you directed, correct? I did so, direct this, so, but how did it? How was it? How was it um, to the audience that something about racial intolerance was directed by a, a white woman? Did well, you receive any kind of backlash for that? No, actually, because we were. I. It was a lot of producing too, and yeah. taking feedback from. It, we did one of the an event called Alive and Well, a night of Black voices, and uh -huh. so it was all Black performing artists. And I actually didn't direct that. It was more of just like. Um, organizing it and then produced it and so and I got a bunch of white people there to witness it and that's what's important <laughs> is that like I mean, white people it's right. our job to dismantle racism because we're because you invented well, it we're the structure <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. we create so, the racist power structure yeah go see I am not um, your negro well it's so fabulous. oh I can't wait to yeah. see that for a variety of reasons that's the James Baldwin yeah. documentary yeah. yeah and it's like unfinished right because he was well, it was about he was he, he was didn't he, finish it, yeah he did yeah. right. it is a finished piece um uh, um so first of all yeah. there is an election yes. in California in, in Los, Los Angeles, Angeles on March 7th Correct. so if you're our Listening from Los Angeles, and you don't know that, and you say, "Oh, I protest every day." Yeah, uh, maybe you should also vote. Yeah, um, so vote on March seventh if you happen to live in this district. I mean, honestly, truth be told, I never like when it comes to city council. I I, I will say that um, at that level, I am guilty of not doing enough research. And how how important is it to be doing research on on that level? Because <laughs> we saw what happened on the major level. Yeah. 
and we saw that the liberals and progressive have, have lost footing. So now what? Well, let me and let me just jump in before you, I think um, what the conservatives have been doing for years is winning elections at smaller local levels from city council to uh, superintendents to school boards and things like that. And that is how that uh, conservative agenda has spread in a lot of ways across the country. And so and I know that um, having I actually worked in the political realm for a little bit and um I have a lot of friends who are still in it, and a lot of them are now running for office post the election because they're just like it's not enough to work. You got to run, like, and we're and so and so. You weren't inspired to run like after the election. You were already in. Yeah, you campaigned for Bernie. I volunteered really hard for Bernie. Yeah, I was a part of the leadership team in Glendale. Cool. Um, and so when he lost California, it was like, how do we continue this political revolution? Right. And then I looked locally and saw our city council member talking about, our current city council member talking about homelessness as we need clean streets, not in that we need to take care of people. Yeah. And I was like, nope. Well, uh, <laughs> so, right. how, so, how, so what? why are you running? Um, I'm running because there's huge opportunity in Los Angeles. We have an incredibly progressive constituency and there's just a lack of opportunity. Like our, our leadership at City Hall has failed us. They okay. are right now in the pocket of developers. They're not actively engaging uh, their stakeholders. Um, and there's so many uh, incredible nonprofits, entrepreneurs, faith-based organizations that can are already doing really important work around tenants' rights and homelessness and moving to 100% renewable energy and racial justice. But we need that leadership at... I am sick and tired of people protesting in the streets because, like, say, like, North Dakota, where there's the DAPL pipeline. Right. If the governor was like, we're not going to put a pipeline through native land, then it wouldn't be happening. Right. If we had elected officials that actually stood up and took risks and spoke on behalf of the people that they represent, none of this stuff would be happening. So my solution was like, oh, we should have people that are going to be listening to those people protesting in the street. Like when Black Lives Matter was protesting um, earlier last year uh, to fire Chief Beck. Nobody was saying, hey, the, there's people outside protesting for 30 plus days. Let's just sit down and have a meeting with right. them because yeah. obviously they have a grievance. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and and I mean, are you saying I mean, it, it, like protesting, it, it seems to me, I, look, a lot of us were were sliding through for so long and the Donald Trump thing was a slap in the face. I think it and, and like Dapple was really like that was that that was showing a lot of people too that like protesting can like at least yes. stop things. And I feel like the you know the airport protests yes. were super effective super and I think effective. that that was a clear um uh, uh people standing up moment that actually like slowed legislation which th or slowed like you know the executive order blah blah blah. But so so this is what I'll say to that, okay. is that there's three tiers of activism, yeah, sort of, yeah. in my opinion. And yeah. that's people's movements, which have always progressed the national agenda, right? Getting the right to vote, the civil rights movement, any movement has come from the bottom up. And that's what Bernie always advocated for, was change never comes from the top down, from the, right. from the bottom up. Right. So we have to keep that pressure up. There's also um, action groups, right? So there's like m people working for tenants' rights and environmental and racial justice, all that stuff. And those are organized or organizations that then work for those people's protest movements that happen. Um, there's infrastructure behind those. And then there's electoral reform. And that's what we're now running in. Yeah. So and, that's sort of like the three. And tiers. why don't you tell us about your pillars of justice? Like what, <laughs> like, like, uh, like your whole mission statement? Yeah. The mission is we're running on a, uh, inclusive democracy, radical transparency, participatory budget, uh, four pillars of justice that's social, racial, economic, and environmental. So when we talk about social justice, we're talking about housing our homeless with a housing first policy. We're talking about affordable mixed income housing, which we don't have right now. The median income for our district is 38,000. And currently we're building luxury apartments that are mostly vacant. Right. Um, 
we're talking about environmental justice moving to 100% renewable energy, which has already started, but we need bold leadership that's going to push us in that direction. Um, we need to move to racial injustice. So we have, we are a sanctuary city. We are a sanctuary state. We have to own it. Garcetti has not owned it hard enough. We are the sixth largest economy in the world. We have to fight back against the national regime right now and say like, come at us because we are going to stand on a platform where we are protecting and, and not only protecting, but we are expanding the rights of our immigrants, whether they are are illegal or not, creating a pathway to citizenship uh, that's more effective than we have right now. Um, And then what was the other one? Um, Economic injustice. I mean, the, the median income is, is 38,000, but the average is 54,000. And so you Mm. see the disparity in our district. So I just want to, um, uh, totally playing devil's advocate in this and when it comes, cause I don't understand the, um, the, the ins and outs of the sanctuary city, uh, um, so much, but like, you know, what, what if federal funding for whatever stuff gets pulled out of Los Angeles, which are the threats that are being made from the Trump administration, if we maintain sanctuary city status, like what, what, like how does that work? I mean, are we willing to give up federal funding to maintain the- Well, I heard that, the, I heard that like, if if they try to take a uh, certain kind of federal funding um, away, it could affect people like veterans and, right, and, right, and sure. shit like that. So well, then it's we it, have basically to playing a game of chicken. Locally kind of. yeah. and statewide where we are supporting that. So at least for education sake, because we have crazy Betsy DeVos in, in um, as our secretary yeah. of education. We have Betsy DeVos. But only 8% of our education budget comes from the federal government. And so so if everybody in California paid 180 bucks, we'd be fine because most of yeah. it comes from the state and local levels. So it's that sort of thing is that we have to look at each department and say, how are we going to make up for this? Is marijuana going to help us? <laughs> is the legalization of uh, well, look what it's done for you? Look, look what I mean, it's done for you, Tony. I mean, Tony. it's helped remarkably in Colorado. It's, it's changed helped, your it's helped, life. It's helped a lot in Washington. Like, can yes. we expect that? Yes, I think absolutely. And well, we okay. need to look at how it can. Yeah. So we have uh, an election coming up. You're yes. running for uh, city CD council 13. for District 13. And I'll just say that the the yeah. each each dis- there's 15 districts mm-hmm. in LA City, um, and each of the district officers is, is like a little mayor. They have more power than the mayor. We have over wow. 225,000 people in District 13, and that's basically for every single district. And so they hold immense power. They make up the policies and laws wow. that affect you every single day. So it's extraordinarily important that we get it someone in there that's going to fight for people. And, and who are you Who are you running against? We're running against the incumbent, Mitch O'Farrell, who is not a bad person, uh, but he has not been engaging directly with his community. He creates reactive, milk toast policies uh, that I find very upsetting. <laughs> okay. So why don't you tell us, because uh, because uh, we need to vote on the local level and uh, as voters, what are some what are some things that we need to know to vote and how to vote? Yeah. So if you go to neighborhoodinfo.lacity.org, you can type in your address and you can find what your district is. Um, and if it's an odd district, then you get to vote this year. If it's an even one, uh, then you'll vote in 2020. Um, so for District 1, we would recommend Joe Braille. He's a wonderful grassroots candidate. Um, District 9, we would recommend Adriana Cabrera. Those are sort of the two that we formed a bit of uh, relationships with. Mm -hmm. Um, For 2020, we, of course, would like to build a coalition so that we are flipping to a progressive council, but that's a broader idea. There's measures on the ballot. um, So Measure S, uh, which puts a moratorium on spot zoning changes 
for all development. Our campaign recommends a no on us because we do have to build. There is corruption and collusion at City Hall with private developers. And just, just uh, uh, yeah. S, uh, explain Proposition S real quick. It puts a moratorium on spot zoning changes in uh, for development. So the general plan is outdated. So they can't go. People people want to stop them from building up because yes. they don't want to lose their oh, fucking Oh, no, your views. L.A. strip mall, your L.A. You know, strip mall you know neighborhood is going to be... Is a really big a part of this is the guy who Michael runs the Einstein. AHF. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 literally the LA devil. Yeah, I don't the, know what yeah, is. he is. The LA devil. See, that's how you know that they're our gay villains. If Michael <laughs> Feinstein is it Michael Feinstein? Weinstein. Weinstein. If Weinstein. Weinstein. If he is. If if he if you see his name backing something, vote against it because he is uh, because he he's is. he's doing it just because he wants to live comfortably in his privilege. I guess so. Um, and make money off of HIV. Anyway, but but I think that he's the one who is like pretty much personally fundling yes, funding he s he's and fundling and fondling fund, <laughs> fund, fondling that s well um, and there's bad people on the side of the no campaign but our campaign actually read through the policy yeah and we understand the emotional rhetoric that's coming around yes on s because people are very upset that they don't feel like they have say in what happens in their communities they're right people are, our city council leadership is listening to private developers and not the stakeholders interests so we have to but we but yes is not the uh, yes on s is not the answer to our problems right right our, and it's so you can vote yes on s and still vote for us because they're separate yeah. from each other i, I feel like but we I would mean, recommend a no no on from, s well coming from san francisco i mean like the reason so many people have had to leave san francisco is because there is no housing whatsoever because repeatedly 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 the community voted down any sort of like uh pro development uh, and pro housing um, uh, propositions and all that. So, like you know, and and there was a whole like integrity of the city and also like protection of so many other things. But it forced so many people out who yeah. used to live there. Yeah, I'll also say that we passed HHH by seventy four percent in the fall, and most of that housing for the homeless will not be able to be built if S passes. Oh, oh see, yes. that's interesting. So yeah. it's gonna like you know defunct something else. Yeah. Um. So what? Give us another. Um, um. Yes on H because it's a quarter cent sales tax. It's county wide. Um. So the entire LA County can vote on it, and that funds. Um, Mental health. So HHH was only for building homes in Los Angeles. Um, and Measure H will provide mental services and work with the nonprofit groups that have been doing such good work in our area. I'm just. Uh, is there hope? <laughs> there is yeah. hope. Jessica. Well, she's <laughs> hope. <laughs> We're hope. Your hope. Well, because yeah. like, well, I just find what I Not find. I find Jessica's story so interesting is that she literally came from a theater background. She saw something that was going wrong, which is racism. And then it took, and then Bernie came on the scene and you immediately were inspired to try to uh, run for office. And that, that is how it starts. Yeah. Or so I hear. I so can't you run give for me office hope. because of all of the dick pics, but uh, <laughs> I am kind of feeling like, you know, in the next couple of years, it really won't matter whatsoever. And listen, we, sh we don't all have to give up our lives to run for something, right? But it's, it's everybody doing a little bit. And I do recommend figure, like getting connected with some local organizations, talking to people, look up that neighborhood website and find out your neighborhood council yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's a lot of work that can be done and it's, we're not alone in this. We're going to put together, I'm going to put together like a little force of comedians because they're all wondering oh, cool. what it is that they should be doing. Yeah. And, you know, we go to protests and, and, and a lot of them are activated now in, 
in the understanding that the local levels is where we can actually in fact yeah. uh, affect some initial change and um they all live in silver lake in hollywood <laughs> so yeah, that's great. we're gonna get it we're gonna we're gonna we'll talk we're gonna get so what are you gonna, gonna do on start. your birthday <laughs> well i'm actually i i'm meeting a constituent for coffee because she had some questions cool um and then i'll be canvassing um and man maybe i'll see a movie tonight well so. look we thank you <laughs> so much for taking yeah. the time because i know you. that you're like it's crunch time you're really busy right now and um no, this has been wonderful. I, i'm just glad that you came on and was able to like talk to our people and let us know what we should be well, doing and i just think it's super like it is you're the perfect person for right now because it is people are questioning what you can do and so we went i went down to that uh, the immigration protest downtown on saturday yeah and it was great but you could feel I don't want to say it's protest fatigue yet but like there wasn't that same like an energy and it's like okay that's okay we can't be protesting all of the time you know but what can we be doing all of the time and what can you be thinking about all of the time and where can you be going and who can you be talking to and what can you be you know like writing and sending to yeah. you know the the powers that be well so. and also like self-care is really important because you goes. can't burn yeah, out okay. I feel like resistance is going to be our MO yeah. moving forward right. sure. and so we have to keep like doing like art is so important now right. more than yeah. ever and community and like yeah. You know, taking a bubble bath or something. <laughs> so what's your social media? Um, it's Jessica Salins for LA City Council District 13. Uh, Jessica Salins CD 13 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and our website is salins2017.com. We have a debate on February 27th. I forget the location, but it's on our Facebook page. Um, and also we have team meetings every Thursday night and it's open to the public. We're trying to engage people. Okay. Uh, so Thursday, 7 p.m. Our office is on Hollywood Boulevard at 5617 Hollywood Boulevard. We wish you luck, girl. Thanks, yeah. Guys. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so thank much you for so coming. Much. Uh, um, uh, what do you got going on, Queen? Uh, you can. I have a new comedy show at <gasps> the Did it go well? Urban Social House in East Hollywood. It's called Urban Social House, so it's a night of urban comedy. Um, <laughs> it is kind of no, but uh, so that's gonna be every Tuesday. We had our first show; it was awesome. Yeah, it went well. Big ups to Katie Felber for really putting together a really great show for us. We got a great producer now. Nice. Um, and then uh, we are gonna be in San Francisco on March 9th for a little I show. I need a place to stay. Called Erections Have Consequences. I need a place to stay. And it'll be <laughs> Tony Soto, Casey Lai, Meatball, friend of the show, and um, uh, Ron Vi from San Francisco. Another. Very funny gay comic. So, San Francisco, hit us up. Go to docslab.com. Fun times. And find those tickets. Uh, you yeah. can follow this show on yeah. Facebook at the Gay Power Half Hour and follow us on Twitter, Gay Power LA. You can follow me at the Tony Soto Show. And always, every Wednesday, we'll be posting soon uh, the uh, Tony Soto Show. Every Wednesday, new episode. Share the share this show. Yeah, you share this show. People. We're coming at you, y'all. Love us and we love you too. I didn't mean to use the adjective fucking. I meant to say wonderful. I get those two confused. Okay. Love you. All right. Bye, guys. <gasps> Yay. Yay. I have a friend in, like, friends in San Francisco I can reach out to. Yay. Yay.